Welcome back to Life Coach BFF with Susan and Heather. We are so happy that you're here and we have an extra special guest for you today. Her name is Dana White. If you do not already know her and love her, you will after today. But first, we're going to have a short word from our friends at Denison Travel. This is Kim Denison with Denison Travel. Denison Travel is a boutique travel advisory, and we specialize in custom-making itineraries that are designed just for you. We handle each detail, big and small, so that you can sit back, immerse yourself in the experience, and enjoy the journey. When you're ready to travel again, we're here for you, so let us be your travel planning partner. Connect with us at denisontravel.com, and don't forget to follow us on social. podcast. We are so excited about our guest today. We are going to be talking with Dana White. She is a blogger, author, podcaster at a slobcomesclean.com is where she blogs. And that's also the name of her podcast. She has books that are fantastic and they have the cutest names ever. <laughs> How to manage your home without losing your mind, dealing with your house's dirty little secret and decluttering at the speed of life, winning your never ending battle with stuff. And she also has um, a course that's starting online. You can find that through her website called Take Your House Back. Today's the last day to sign up. And I think I'll be doing that after we get done podcasting because I am your twin only like 15 years ago. So we're so excited that you are here talking to us and Heather, you have a special place in her heart. You do. You do, Dana. Thank you so much for joining us, first of all. And I'm going to tell you how I found you. So this, I love these stories. These are my favorite. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) Okay. Cause I love to tell the story. So this was in 2016 and my family, we had lived in a town for 19 years And my husband wanted to make a job change. So we moved and I don't think I've ever been lonelier in my entire life. It was a hard time. So a friend of my daughter's who was, my daughter was in college at the time, came to visit with her for the weekend. And she was talking about podcasts. And I said, how do you listen to a podcast? (laughs) I mean, I had no idea. So she explained to me how to do it. And I looked, I looked up podcasts for women. That's what I searched and you came up along with several others, but I absolutely loved your picture. So I chose your, your podcast by your picture. That's what influenced me. But it was, it was really kind of funny because I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I, we were discussing this this morning about the fact that I have to have everything neat I'm very ADD or I can't function. So it's out of necessity for me. So that really wasn't my issue, but I would listen to you while I unpacked boxes and the kids were at school and your voice became so comforting to me because you're in Texas. So you have a Southern accent, which mm-hmm. obviously we do too. <laughs> we can't deny or hide it. But I would listen to you. And even at night, if I would get sad, I would put my earplugs in and I would just hear your voice and fall asleep. It was like having a friend with me all the time because oh, wow. 
Susan couldn't stay on the phone with me. And a lot of times when you move to a different town, the friends that you've left behind is kind of like out of sight, out of mind. They continue to go on with their lives, but here you are in a new place. And like, I don't know if I said this, but we did not know anyone when we moved, not the first person. So I want to thank you for that. I'm so happy that I get to thank you because I mean, it just, it meant the world to me to be able to sit and listen to you and you would, oh, and I would laugh. I told Susan about you at the time because you would correct your dog during the podcast. <laughs> and I would hear you snapping your fingers and you would go, stop it, stop it. And I said, Susan, I swear, it's just, it's like us. If we did a podcast, that's what we would do. We would have discussions with children probably and correct the dog. And so it, you know, you just, you've meant a whole, whole lot to me. And when we decided to start a podcast, I just said, if I can be that person that Dana was to me, to just one person, Mm -hmm. then it will be worth it. Well, that means a lot to me. I really, I just completely relate to your moving story. I mean, that was, I mean, I don't, you know, I know a lot of people who listen to me do struggle with depression and I don't, the, I don't know that I necessarily do except for the time when we moved, like when I like, I just, there were several days anyway, we won't go into all that except that that was the hardest time in my life, you know, like, and so knowing that without knowing it, that I was able to be the friend that, that you needed, um, that really makes me happy, like happy, sad, happy, cry, sad, happy, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it just is a, yeah, it's been a fun, it's been a fun thing that I did not know podcasting could be like you said, you hadn't listened to a podcast before and you kind of were getting into them. I just was like, Oh, talking into a microphone. That sounds fun. So, I mean, I really hadn't listened. I mean, I maybe had listened to an episode here or there, but I had not listened to podcasts until after I started podcasting. And now like I am a, I listen to, that's what I do. You know, I don't, I, it's rare that I sit and listen to music or in the car, whatever I have podcasts going because, you know, I have these relationships with people who don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) We all feel like that we do, Dana. That's no, I feel like I really know you. I feel like I know your children. I feel like I've kind of listened to them grow up in the last few years. So it just, it's, it's been great for me to watch you go through this process and it's inspired me to to want to try some new things. Definitely trying. I love that. I also love that you're not messy like me. You know, that, that is still shocking to me. I'm like, why would someone want to listen to me when they're not messy? (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's because you have that relationship. And I think that's a great example of, of you being a good friend. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if, if you, one of you relates to me and the other doesn't, but you both listen, you have common ground over, you know, something that, that for a lot of us is such a deep, dark secret that we're like, I don't want anybody to know that I struggle with this, but then knowing, you know, that, that you guys have this common ground, that's, that's huge for a friendship. I think. I think so too. And I'll tell you something else we've really enjoyed about you is that you began anonymously, Mm -hmm. which 
It's so funny because we, <laughs> when we first started, didn't want to put our last names out there at all. So we did use our first name. So we yeah. weren't completely anonymous. So what, at what point did you go, you know what? I am going to go after this. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm okay with people knowing that it's me, my next door neighbor, my friend at church. What, at what point did you decide? I still worry about whether my neighbors know or not. (laughs) (laughs) Because like my, our garage right now, um, I say right now, it's been this way for probably a year. It, you know, like with quarantine and all that kind of stuff, when time, when, you know, we, we couldn't, um, actually donate stuff, you know, and so I would declutter and I would put stuff. So it just, our, our garage right now, mm -mm, no. Um, but I, I do sometimes I'm like, what if she knew what I did? My neighbor who lives across the alley and actually sees inside there. And anyway, but, and she may, um, Hey, how are you? If she's listening right now. Um, but like, I, it honestly was a process because, you know, in the beginning, this was supposed to be a practice blog. I just wanted to be a writer. Like I wanted to be a writer. I found out what blogs were. I was like, okay, well then that makes sense for me to have a blog if I want to be a writer. Um, and so it never occurred to me in the beginning that anyone would ever take any kind of home organization, decluttering, cleaning advice from me. Like that was just, it was ridiculous to even think of that, you know? And so it was over time, which it probably took me about two years before, um, it it was honestly a blogging friend, you know, like I, I was still saying, I think this is temporary, but God was really dealing with me on, this is actually what you're supposed to be doing, you know? And, and it was about two years after I had been doing this, I was in a, you know, I'd gotten involved with other bloggers and one of them was sick one day. And, you know, like we had read occasional posts of each other's, but she hadn't like dug into what I was doing and she was sick. And so she just randomly started reading my blog and she just sent me emails after email, after email of like, oh my goodness, this, oh my goodness, that like, oh, you know, so she just turned into this super fan of what I was actually doing as opposed to just, you know, like somebody celebrating each other, you know, like we had been before. And, um, and she was just like, you have to write a guide. You have to write a guide. You have to help people do what you did. And I was, I was just like, that's stupid. (laughs) Like (laughs) kids don't use the word stupid, but I did. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense for me to be, you know, like, I mean, if somebody learned something from it, great. I mean, obviously I was wanting to put it out there and I was, you know, practicing this blogging thing. So I, I did want people to read it. Not anybody I knew, um, because it was my shameful secret. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, yes, I want people to read this except for anyone who knows it's me. Um, so anyway, I, I just, my, I, I really resisted and then it just hit me. I was like, Oh, and so I wrote my first ebook, um, which is 28 days to hope for your home, which now is included in how to manage your home without losing your mind. Because it was like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. And this, this was the thing that helped people it was a 28 day guide to going from completely overwhelmed to getting your house under control, uh, or at least feeling like I could do this. Like it's, you know, not, not that your house is perfect after 28 days, that's not the promise, but, but I wrote that guide and it was such a shift for me in 
Oh, like I actually have something to share. I'm, I, I, fan, I figured out my niche. I figured out my place of I'm the person who takes you from completely overwhelmed to knowing the basics that most people skip when they talk about this stuff. Cause they don't know that there are people who don't know. Um, and when I took on that role, it helped me, it, it just shifted something. And honestly, I was like, if I'm going to write a book, I'm going to put my name on it, you know? And it, it, so I had kind of worked through this point of being willing to, this was the thing I wrote about, but also I was, that was a lot of work and a lot of effort. And as a writer, I was like, well, I don't want that to be out there as Noni, you know, which was my fake name short for anonymous. And so it, that was my, that was my shifting point. And then even after I did that over time, um, I, you know, finally got really kind of had to come to this point where people knew about it. And when my first traditionally published book came out was probably, you know, and then I started doing like some TV and stuff like that. It was like, well, I can't really hide it now, you know? So, um, but I still don't necessarily mention it in real life unless it comes up in conversation. <laughs> yeah. So does that answer your question or did I talk on too long? Like my mom says that. Answered the question. Yes. Yeah. And we can relate. <laughs> yeah. One thing I, I love all of your vocabulary. You have your own vocabulary <laughs> and, and I giggle about some of your words sometimes, but Susan, we talked about crisis cleaning and that mm -hmm. has really hit home with her. <laughs> yes. I have been married 30 years. My Congratulations. kids are almost grown. Thank you. And I'm 58 and crisis cleaning is still what I do. And it's what I've taught all my children. And um, yeah, we have, there's six of us in the house and there is not a naturally neat person among us. So you can only imagine. I don't have I to imagine. I understand completely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times I said, okay, you know, we're going to keep it clean. It's always after, always when we have a party. So COVID is really bad because we hadn't been able to entertain, which mm -hmm. is the only reason I ever cleaned up before. Right. I mean, when the kids were little, I mean, I, I had, you know, paid help to come in and it was still a battle. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day we were like, Ch -ch -ch, you know, but um, yeah, crisis cleaning really, um, really resonated with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I well, know what your top three things to do every day are, but a lot of our listeners, this may be their first time to hear from you. Do you want to talk about that, about your the sure. three things that every day you so, do. Yeah. So with the crisis cleaning, um, what I had to realize was I am a project person. Like that's like writing a book. That is something that is a huge project that there are a lot of people in the world who, even if they maybe want to, the thought of just actually tackling and, and breaking that down and getting it done is overwhelming. Not that it's not overwhelming to me too, but I'm just saying like, that's my wheelhouse is the big projects, which is the reason why it made sense to invite people over because having a party is a project, you know, or, and so 
that would force me to get the work done. You know, not that I was writing books before I actually had a contract, which is another part of my personality that goes along with this is this, yes, a deadline is very helpful for me, forces me to do things, but I was treating my house like a project because that was the type of stuff I felt successful in, in life was give me a big thing. I will tackle it. I will get it done. And so I thought my house is always a disaster. And I would tackle it in the same way as a project. My house isn't a project. So it was actually the coming to rock bottom of seriously, what is wrong with me? Why is this so hard? This doesn't seem to be hard for other people. It's very hard for me. Um, Starting with the most basic thing I could think of, which was do the dishes. You know, that is my number one thing that I teach and preach because um, I thought that I, it only made sense to my brain that I needed to get my house under control and then maintain it. Like, what was the point of doing maintenance tasks when my house was a disaster like that? It just did not compute in my brain. Um, but because I was so rock bottom and was like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to try to do the dishes every day. And I thought that that was like being a failure. You know what I mean? That like, I couldn't get it together. That's how bad this is that I have to just work on the dishes every day. And yet doing that is what actually changed my house. Like was the doing the dishes every day consistently so that they never got to this huge disastrous. All of our dishes are dirty. We have nothing to drink out of, you know, like that was what I had always done before because I, thought of dishes as a project, you know? So doing those consistent things every day was what changed things. And then I added things over time so that the habits that I have, um, the number, the, the really, if you have not, if you can't do anything else, do the dishes and do a five minute pickup, like five minute pickup. I actually mean a five minute pickup. That is one where you don't have to catch up the first day, like literally set the timer for five minutes and start picking things up and putting them all the way away. Like, even though you think, okay, well, five minutes, I should really just sort things. No, actually pick stuff up, take it to its home, put it away. And if you do that every day or even almost every day or three times a week or whatever, you will start to see a really big impact. And again, it's that daily stuff that actually was the, it was the piece of the puzzle that I didn't even know was a piece of the puzzle. Like I just hadn't seen the point. I always thought there's gotta be a better way than just doing your dishes every day. Well, there's really not a better way. (laughs) Like that's the actual way. Um, and then my four, my four basic habits are, which you said three. So I'm wondering which one is the other. Well, I'm thinking of sweeping the floor. Yes. Yeah. So sweeping the floor is the second one. And the reason why I say second one is that, um, my recommendation is you give yourself seven days to just do the dishes every day and like, don't worry about anything else. Don't worry. Because the problem was with me, I would think all these things that I should be doing in my house every day. And I would make a huge list and I was overwhelmed before I started. And I never, you know, I, I felt like a failure on the first day. So because I was such at a rock bottom place, you know, I just was like, just the dishes, even if that's all I do. Well, that was what made the difference and give yourself seven days because it's going to take seven days for it to start to not feel unnatural to be doing this every day because there's dishes math, which is, you know, that one day's worth of dishes takes like 15 minutes, but I had no idea because I'd only ever done three and four or five days worth of dishes at a time. So I thought dishes was this huge thing, but if you will do them every day for seven days, it will start to really sink into your brain 
how little time that actually takes and the big impact that it makes. And then the next week, you know, this is the 28 days to hope for your home thing. The next week I added in another task and that was sweeping the kitchen, which is not about sweeping the kitchen. It's not about the crumbs. It's about making myself see the things that are on the floor, like the grocery bags full of canned goods that didn't have to get put away immediately. And so they've been sitting on the floor for a week or two weeks or three weeks or whatever, you know, like <laughs> that, you know, me, <laughs> I know you are not the only one. Cause that was me too. So it was this, it was this, if I'll sweep the kitchen every day, the first day is like decluttering. Basically it's picking up all the random stuff that's just been sitting on the floor forever. And then the second day is just sweeping the kitchen. And it's like, the action of sweeping the kitchen will help reveal to me <laughs> all these random things that have been, you know, sitting out. And then there's the checking the bathrooms for clutter, which was literally the least I could do. You know, I know that real people, like real people who do what they're supposed to do, supposedly like wipe down their bathroom. Sorry, my dog is barking anyway, but it's raining. So I can't bring her in. And anyway, um, so, but you know, like the, the, you know, real people, <laughs> you know, normal people, what I call them, um, wipe down their bathroom every day. And I, that just was overwhelming to me. So I like started with as basic as I could do, which was checking for clutter every day, which meant that the first day I decluttered my bathroom, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth day, I was literally checking it for clutter, moving this here, or there, putting these couple things away so that sometimes that meant if I, if it did need to be wiped down, first of all, I saw it cause I was in the bathroom looking at it and it only took 30 seconds as opposed to, oh, my bathroom really needs to be cleaned, but first I have to declutter it. And then I have to, you know, so it, it, instead of this big long process, so those are the four basic habits, but if you can only do two, do the dishes and do a five minute pickup. I mean, those things will really, really change your home. Well, and I love that you have a name for this process, the de-slobification process. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my, you know, it's funny that came from, I was looking up, um, I think I mentioned it. I mentioned, okay. So I was talking about, this is an early, early post. And I was wearing my stretchy pants, like a super comfortable outfit. And I realized, you know, like, whew. I can eat as much as I want to when I'm wearing these stretchy pants or whatever. <laughs> and, and like how maybe it wasn't a great thing to always wear stretchy pants, you know, which it's 2021 and stretchy pants are what we all wear now, I hope. <laughs> but I, and the, the word that came to me was, um, Tim Gunn on project runway was talking about like, um, stretchy pants and stuff like that. And he was like, he called it the slobification of America. Like that when we all moved to super comfortable clothes, that it really didn't have a good effect on things. And I, um, anyway, and I, so that was the first time I used that. And then I think after that, I started using deslobification, you know, as a, that's what I was really doing. Yeah. My deslobification process. I love that. You just tied it all up and put a bed on it. <laughs> so we want to talk too about children and chores because we are big believers in children having chores, but I know you've seen probably like we have a, a lot about the snowflake generation that we have now. <laughs> and I'm thinking specifically about the five minute pickup and I'm thinking, well, I, I can pick up my stuff in five minutes, but what about the other five people in my house? And I can never get them to do the five minute pickup 
when I want them to. They're all like, I'll do that later. Well, later never happens. And then we have 12 pairs of shoes under the bench in the foyer. And it's just like, this yeah. is not your closet. So how do you get, how do you get the kids? Um, you know, so there's a, there's a couple things on that. Um, first of all, which this will be an upcoming podcast that I've already been like, it's been in, in my brain for a couple of weeks and it, I've been making notes, but anyway, the first thing on that is to, when you like, don't wait to do a five minute pickup until everybody's home. And, and the reason I say that is because it, it's hard if you're already overwhelmed in your home and you have a family and you view your job as a mom you know, like this is an important job and I really want to teach my kids well. And yes, they need to learn to pick up. And so that is a fact. Okay. And that's what you want to teach them. But the problem that can happen is I'm sitting at home by myself. I see what needs to be done. And I think about how I need to be a good mom and have my kids participate in this. And so I think tonight, tonight's the night, this is the night when we are going to do this as a family, I'm going to really make an impact. Well, then the night happens and we've had dinner and we've had our normal routine and they're not going to remind me of anything like that. I mean, like, so, and it never crosses my mind and it's, I don't think about it again until the next day when nobody's home and I'm looking around going, my house is a disaster. I hate this. You know, oh my goodness. I've really got to, I've really got, we've really got to make a change. Okay. Tonight, tonight I'm going to be the good mom. So it can be this, this problem that happens where this idealism of really, truly, we should all do this together ends up defeating me actually making progress in my home because of just the reality. So my advice is if you think of a, this is a time that needs a five minute pickup and you're the only one home, do the five minute pickup. And then because you did a five minute pickup and because you saw the impact of that, and because you went, oh, wow, that really, really does have an impact. You are a whole lot more likely tonight while your family is home to think about a five minute pickup. So do another one while they're there. Okay. So instead of saying you need to do a five minute pickup and now I know if your kids are adults, this all is its own, you know, thing I've got some, I've got 19, 17 and 15 are my kids age. So, um, but it's a, we're going to do a five minute pickup. Okay. And it is not fun in the beginning. Like, but, but at the same time, my main recommendation is to set a timer and to actually stop after five minutes because, especially for me who my kids hadn't seen me be consistent on all this kind of stuff. They had no reason to believe that this wasn't crisis cleaning, that this wasn't one of those times, you know, like the question is, well, who's coming over? You know, if you say it's time to clean up, that's what they used to ask me. (laughs) So, (laughs) and, and because of that, it, there is a lot of resistance. Cause it's like, Oh, I hate these times. I mean, that's their natural reaction is like, I cannot stand it when we mom goes crazy and we have to go, everybody has to go crazy too, to get ready for whatever, but to say, we're going to try, you know, this is something that a mom whose kids are grown and adults told me one time, she said, I just got to where I was comfortable saying I've learned something new and we're going to try it you know, like, and I, I do that with my own kids. Like guys, I know that I haven't maybe been the greatest at this in the past, but I've learned something new. I'm going to try it. And so 
And even it, it's more effective if you can say, did you notice that it looks a little bit better in here? That's because I did a five minute pickup. So let's all do one. Now, the reality is they're going to pretend they don't know where anything goes. They're going to pretend like, you know, they've got a broken ankle. Somebody's going to have to poop. You know, I mean, it's like, that's just the <laughs> truth about kids, you know, of all ages is they're, they're going, going to resist. And then it's like, no, I really do mean five minutes. And the, those five minutes are going to be spent with you urging and, you know, telling them, yes, you have to do this, put this there. Yes. You know where this goes, blah, 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 you know, and it may take quite a few five minute pickups before they finally accept that she really does mean it. She really mm -hmm. is going to make us do this. Um, but also she really does mean five minutes. We really are going to have to be able to stop after five, five minutes, but once you can get to that point, it really is magical because five people or six people for you doing a five minute pickup, that's 30 minutes of work mm -hmm. on your house, yeah. which is a huge impact. I'm about to sneeze. Hold up. Sorry. Bless Bless you. I don't have COVID, but. <laughs> um, it's allergy season in the South. It's awful. I know. I hear those people, you know, my kids, I'm always like, you can't cough. You can't cough anywhere. Like don't cough. <laughs> I don't care why you're coughing. You can't cough. Um, but yeah, so that, that five minute picket, yes. Bringing the family in on that. And the other thing I have to say about that, cause I'm sure you have women of all ages listening with all stages of, you know, kids and stuff, but I had to realize that I had taught my kids that this is what our house looks like. Mm-hmm even though in my mind, I knew that it did not look the way it was supposed to look there. They didn't have that frame of reference. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They were like, well, this is, this is our house. So what are you talking about? And so I had to, the best thing I did with not telling people what I was doing in the beginning, not even my husband, the best thing that did for me was it took off this, this thought that everybody had to be on board before I got started. It made me just start on my own with only my own self to worry about. Mm -hmm. And because I did that, then my kids started to see me doing these things so that when I brought them in on these tasks, it wasn't like, what, what are you talking about? Now they, not that they didn't still pretend that, mm -hmm. but it, it just, it, and also too, there's such a difference between the ideal and the actual reality of how things play out. And that was such a problem for me was I would look at my house and think, well, I can figure out just looking at it, what all this is going to require, how this is going to work. But the actual doing of it was, is generally different than what I imagined it was going to be in my head, you know, either how long it was going to take or how long, how quickly it would go or any of that kind of stuff. And so going ahead and doing things gave me such a better understanding of how it worked that then it was a lot easier to teach my kids and bring mm -hmm. them in on it. Um, so my main thing is just to bring them in on stuff, do stuff together as opposed to a bit. And the reason for that is my personality I am not good at remembering to, I mean, if you guys have older kids, you know, you have to remind them that's just part of it. I mean, like we all wish that everybody had their own, you know, and maybe your kids are perfect, but 
<laughs> absolutely, yes. Dana. How did you know? Absolutely. That is so great. I'm so proud of you guys. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, but like teenagers have to be reminded, even of things that they didn't have to be reminded of three years ago, all of a sudden they go through this phase where they forget everything, mm-hmm. supposedly, you know, that you've ever taught them. And so I don't, I'm not good at making sure my best friend, she's great at it. Like making sure everybody's done what they're supposed to do. I work better. If I'm like, we're just y'all come on in, we're doing this. Everybody's doing this together. Mm -hmm. I'm like that too. I'm more of a cooperative person Mm -hmm. than a little general. I I just, as soon as I get resistance, I'm like, fine, I'd rather do it myself and be happy than listen. Or I'll just forget, you know, like, I I mean, I'll tell them, okay, you guys need to do this every day. And then it's been three weeks and I'm like, oh, I have, hasn't occurred to me to even check if they're doing it or remind them to do it. And so it's better if I focus on my own routines and bring them in on those. Right. The hard part is, and my husband calls this, he'll say we have a slow leak in our home. Do you know what that is, Dana? I can guess, but you tell me. Okay. It's where you say right now we're going to do a five minute pickup and everybody goes <sighs> mm-hmm. like that's the slow <laughs> leak. <laughs> yeah. The reaction. You're not going to go out Friday night. <sighs> <laughs> but I mean, like I, I, you can't wait for that to not happen. Do you no. know what I mean? Like, I think no. that's just the reality of of having seen it. And I always like with kids, I'm like, I knew better than to do such and such. And I've realized as a parent, I'm like, I knew better because I'm sure I did it a time or two or five. And my parents corrected me. Like, that's probably, you know, you guys are moms. So, you know, this, like, there's no, there's no perfect kids except in the minds of people who haven't had kids yet. So that's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. But now back to the chores. So your children have specific chores. I think you rotate on a wheel. I've heard you talk about this. Yeah. It depends on when you were listening, when I was (laughs) recording that podcast that you were listening to, because it changes all the time. (laughs) That's familiar too. So important to realize too, like, you know, you can do a system and it works great. And so enjoy that system while it's working great. But when it quits working, you don't have to go, Oh, I'm a failure. It's like, okay, well then what's going to work right now? You know, like, um, so we've Mm -hmm. done different, we've done different things. Um, you know, like a lot of times in the summer, well, the last several summers, when they were little in the summer, we would do laundry together. Cause I was like, you guys need to know how to do this. You need to be part of this. Um, we would do all the cleaning tasks together. Um, and then probably two or three summers ago, I said, okay, you guys all know how to do it. You're on your own to do your laundry. So like, if you want to wear dirty clothes all summer, that's fine. Um, which one did, but <laughs> now one of them, but it was, <laughs> you see their personalities, which you already know, but like one of them was just like, well, I'll just, um, if he heard the washer start running, he was like, can I throw a couple things in? Like, that was just his method was to like, listen for other people doing laundry and do the bare minimum, you know, to get that done. But, you know, it's funny because after that, you know, during the school year, I'll generally do it because they're very busy. Um, but one of them has just been like, no, I do my own laundry now. I'd prefer to do that. And she just does all, oh, I said, she, so everybody's gonna know who it is, but anyway, <laughs> but I mean, she'll just put it in there and because that's how she prefers to have that control over that. And the one who went to college, who was the one who would just try to throw his stuff into everybody's stuff. Um, he's been fine. 
you know, because he does know how to do it. So, um, I don't know. It just, it goes through, we go through phases on that of, of how we're doing things. Yes, we do too. And I I have found for me, if I assign a certain job to, to a certain child and that's their responsibility, it seems to work better. Yes. that way like your job is the dishwasher your job is to take out the garbage and then it just Mm -hmm. the more often they have to rotate the more chaos the more oh no it's it's their turn no I did it you know it's all of that so our kids definitely have chores but um and I have found that when I can manage to keep the house a little bit neater for just like a few days they, I think they kind of feel inspired because they like it being neater. Um, but I, you know, my, my problem is when you were talking about putting everything in its place, I'm really bad at finding the right place for something like organizing, like behind Mm -hmm. the scenes and where to put it. And the other thing is when I put it up, I can't find it anymore. And that's why I think I leave everything out. I can can solve your problem. know where it is. Pull that problem. Please. <laughs> yeah, no, really though. I mean, cause I get it. First thing is to realize that if you have that issue, don't even worry about the word organize, like just declutter. Okay. So the word organi- organizing and decluttering are not the same thing. Organizing is problem solving. Okay. Which allows your brain to spin and keep thinking of possibilities and what ifs and try to predict the future and all that kind of stuff. If you have a lot of stuff that doesn't have a home, you need to declutter. And what I do with decluttering, I have a whole five-step process, but, um, the, the key thing is once you get to the stuff that's not easy anymore, and you're like, I don't know where this is supposed to go. Ask the first decluttering question, which is if I needed this, where would I look for it first? Okay. So when you say, I don't know where this is supposed to go, the place where you would look for it first is where it should go. Okay. So don't let it be, where should this go? Where would I look for this first, which is literally an instinct based question. And it's the first place that pops in your head. If you were going to say, where's the stapler? I need the stapler. It's where your body would walk first and what drawer you would open. Like that's the place where it should go. Okay. okay. Is where you would look for it first. And, um, what's the second part of your question? Cause I had something else really great to say and it just left my brain. <laughs> oh, and that solves the, <laughs> that also solves what you just said about, and then I put it away and I can never find it. Well, if you put it in the first place where you would look for it, it's going to be in the first place where you look for it. Okay. So it what solves you don't that know problem. Where you look for it. What? What if you okay. don't know where you go look for it? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I mean, I ordered her. No, yes. Speakers. And I was like, I am not leaving these sitting on the counter forever. So I put them up. They were gone for three weeks. I had no idea where I'd put yeah. them. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, there they are in my closet on my shelf. What was it? Sneakers, you said? Speakers. speakers. Little, speakers. little portable speakers. Okay. So where would you look? For, okay. So, so you have your own answer. Where did you look first for those? Don't think too hard. I looked on every surface in the house. Okay. So what's the first <laughs> place where you looked for it? I don't remember. She can't remember. I don't okay. know. So if you needed the speakers right now, where's the first place you would walk in your house? Well, I know where they are now. 
Okay. Okay. So let me, let me give you a little thing. thing. I don't know. Like that's the kind of, that's how I am. Move to the next question. If you literally could not come up with an answer of where would I look for this first? Okay. Mm If you literally cannot come up with an answer for that, then you need to ask the question, if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Okay. Now, a part of that for you is that you're talking about something that you ended up solving the problem. Okay. So, so now it does have a home and that's fine because you know where you would go right now if you needed that. But the first time that you picked up that speaker, you need to ask yourself, where would I look for this first and then go take it there right now? Okay. Okay. And then it would be in that spot where you would look for that thing first. But if you pick it up and you go, where would I look for this first? And you, it's not that you're not going on instinct. It's that you have no answer because you wouldn't go looking for it. Then you need to get rid of it because the truth is you would either go out and buy another one because it wouldn't occur to you that you already had one, or you would do without, which is also a valid option. Okay. So then it needs to go in the donate box. So it doesn't, it's not necessarily that I didn't remember that I had this. It's just that, where would I look for this first? Even if it's a surprise that I have it, where would I look for this first? That's where I need to go. And so part of that is practice too, is that instinct base. And if you find yourself thinking too hard, you need to stop because that's where you get into the trouble of putting stuff in these really super logical places that you can never remember where that was that you put it. Yeah, that's, that's me. And I think I've trained myself to go look for it in the last place I saw it. Like I have like a visual map of all the, then as you're putting things away, that's where it needs to go. That first place that pops in your head, Mm -hmm. that's where it needs to go. Okay. Okay. I'm switching gears on you, Dana, but so I have seen you on national television. So tell me what that was like. I mean, you're, you're a stay home mom blogger. You get this phone call and boom, the next thing, you know, you're flying to New York. So it's never as glamorous as it sounds. I will tell you that. Um, so basically, um, when I've been on national, I guess we're talking about world news now, right? The, okay. So, um, I was doing the first time I did that, I was, um, had worked with, um, rug doctor, I think it was on a sponsored post on my blog, you know? So, um, anyway, and the, the lady that I was working with, um, their agency that they were in was in Dallas, which is where I live. And so she happened to see that I was in Dallas and she'd been working with a bunch of different bloggers on these things. And she said, Hey, what, you know, I saw that you did that. And I've seen you, you know, some of your video stuff. She's like, would you be okay if I pitched you to some local news to do like a spring cleaning segment so that, you know, we could talk about our stuff or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, like that would be great. Um, anyway, and she, just on her own also sent it out to national stuff, you know, and I didn't know she was going to do that, which of course I was fine with. Um, but it, it was, uh, it kind of was, I don't know. Can I talk about all this? I wonder, I think I can anyway, (laughs) but it was kind of frustrating because she had not told her bosses that she was going to pitch to national stuff. And so then the national stuff said, yeah, we want her, but it was world news now, which is on at two o'clock in the morning. Okay. So it was not, today's show or anything like that, you know, it was, and so they were like, 
oh, well, we don't want to pay for her to go because it's the, the television station does not pay for you to go. That's not who flies you there. It's either yourself or, you know, like whatever, you know, it is that is wanting to make sure they get their product or whatever. So, um, so anyway, they, uh, told me she, they were like, well, we don't want to pay for it. And so then it became this, like, am I going to pay for it myself? Am I going to go anyway? But they ended up actually deciding she talked them into paying for it. Um, and so she and I went up there and then I had a relationship with them. And so then the next year, something else came up on my own. And I just pitched a story to, um, the world news now, cause I had their email at that point, you know, and I was like, Hey, you know, cause I think I don't remember what it was, but I was like, Hey, you know, can I, do you need this segment? And they're like, sure. I mean, if you want to come to New York <laughs> and be in our studio at 10 30 on a Sunday night, then yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, that was, that was basically how that happened. Like I said, it's not very glamorous usually. Well, you did a fabulous job. I saw well, you, I cheered you. for you and you did a fabulous job. Would you, you like to talk about your course? Sure. We go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's, uh, take your house back.com. It is, we, we don't keep it open for registration all the time. Like the members who are in it have access to it for a year, you know, so they're still in it. They're still able to, able to go through it, but it is not, um, open all the time because we want to be able to put our focus onto it. So this is something that Dawn from the minimal mom, who is a YouTuber with like, she's got 400 and something thousand subscribers. So she's a big deal on YouTube. Um, she and I were at a conference together, didn't know each other at all. And we were in this group where they assigned us to do something social media. And so I had put this picture out of, you know, my group and people were like, Oh, my two favorite cleaning people in the same place. And we were like, what, who is that? (laughs) So we didn't even, so we started hearing from all these people that they learned from both of us. Um, and then she had ended up reading my book about a year or so ago and, um, really, you know, liked my decluttering process because she's a minimalist, but she liked the whole process. So anyway, so we ended up connecting and then Cass from Clutterbug is also on YouTube. She's got like half a million subscribers or something. I'm like nothing on YouTube, but I have my books, you know, anyway. And so she, um, the Dawn instigated it and she was like, we should do a course together. She was like, we should, we should do this. And, um, I was like, oh, okay, sure. Let's do that. And so, but I was working on a book at the time and So I kind of just, you know, did my part and everything. And then, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is like really good. Like this was, it's really been very helpful for a lot of people. So, um, if it's not open at the time, when you hear this, you can always go and get on the list to be notified when it opens again. I know we'll open it again, um, for sure. When it's it's a cluttering season in January of next year. Um, but probably at some other point before that too, but yeah, so we basically take people through, um, the process of taking your house back. So we talk about decluttering. We use my decluttering strategies. Um, you know, Cass is a really great organizer at, um, acknowledging and working with people's own unique organizing strategies, like what actually works for people. Acknowledging it's acknowledging, acknowledging it is not one size fits all at all, you know? And so she's got, you know, different categories and stuff. And so she does a really good job with that. And Dawn is such the practical, like, what do you actually need in your house or not? You know, cause minimalism is her thing. So, so yeah, that's been a really, really fun project that I've enjoyed doing with. 
That sounds you know, and making friends with people and who do the same thing I do, which is extra fun. You know, it's so much more fun to work with someone else. I think it is. It's fun. Yeah. It makes it less of a job. Well, Dana, we cannot thank you enough. And I hope that all of our listeners will go and follow Dana. You're on Instagram, your Instagram. What, how do they find you on Instagram? I'm trying to think. It's a slob comes clean pretty much everywhere. Okay. Um, You can also just go to a slob comes clean.com and it's got all my information there. So. Okay, great. Great. Well, y'all go listen to Dana White on a slob comes clean, go follow, go comment. Like you, I know you enjoy comments. We enjoy comments. Oh yes. Fun to hear from your listeners. And we just appreciate you so much. This has been surreal for me, Dana. I can't thank you. It's been very fun. Thanks for having me on. This is really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hi, friend. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did, would you please consider subscribing on the podcast platform that you are listening to today? We truly appreciate all of your support and especially your likes, comments, hearts, reviews, stars. We just love all of the feedback. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time for episode number 30. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.